Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show. Broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in. Welcome to the Beyond the Gay podcast on Fishbowl Radio. My name is Jamie, and this is our last episode of 2023, guys. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me out here. Sorry for being being uh, being late. It, we were just discuss- it was my fault. We were just discussing some things and all that stuff. But hopefully, in 2024, we'll be. Um, uh, we'll be off and running. We'll be right on time, and um, everything will work out in 2024. But last show of the year, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for all for supporting me all all throughout, and thank you for listening to my nonsense take, takes. But now, the, I hope everybody's Christmas went well. But now, let's talk about this Cowboys game. You talk about a major disappointment. Right, this is one of the few games that you had to win. Right, every every possession that we had on Sunday was a possession that went wrong. We weren't Dak at the line of scrimmage, which I'll give his give you his numbers in a second. At the line of scrimmage, I felt like he wasn't he wasn't in control. Let's explain. So, quarterback Dak went 20 for 32 for 253 yards and two touchdowns. He was sacked four times. I think Bradley Chubb sacked him twice. I think. I have the stat right here. Bradley Chubb sacked him twice, I think. Bradley Chubb. So, he got one and a half sacks. So, Bradley Chubb got sacked him one. Yeah, you can say twice because, you know, obviously, yeah. So, Bradley Chubb got to him. Uh, he didn't play his best. He ran the ball five for twenty-five, and the play calling was really off. So, when I looked at it, right, I looked at the first play. I said, "Okay, we're going to we're going to get this right. We're going to score seven points." Okay, Dak threw the ball well on 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 the first drive. We got to the goal line. That's when all hell broke loose. Now, I question the play calling of Mike McCartney because you have a solid, solid running back there. You have Dak, who has used his legs all game, all season long in that backfield. Why don't you do a quarterback sneak? While everybody's doing the tush push, you could do the tush push, tush push at the one yard line, Mike. I don't know what Dak squats, but Dak, that, but Dak can get through the line. Dak can jump over and score that touchdown. You don't have to hand it off to Hunter Limke and give him his first touchdown, t- touchdown run uh, of his career. You don't have to do that. It'll be nice, but you don't have to do stupid things like that. You know what Hunter Limke was thinking? He was thinking, I'm going to score my first touchdown. He got overhyped about that, but said you got to hold the ball first. You gotta have the ball first. So I, I blame the play call in that first session. I blame Dak for not 
for not taking the ball in. Screw Mike McCartney. Get the fucking ball over the line. This game completely could have changed. If he did, if I don't know what 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 type of what what the communication was, what, both of those guys should should all three of them should get the blame for that. Dak Hunter Limke and Mike McCartney, you don't give the ball to your fullback at the one fucking yard line. You run the ball with your quarterback. Your quarterback squats over four hundred pounds. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just maybe, maybe I'm making stuff up. But Dak, but Dak uses Dak can run. He can run. You don't utilize Dak in the running game, which. I think, I think you have to. I think you have to playing with Miami as a as a as a team as a, as a defensive team that they run to the ball. So you can outrun them with your legs. You ran the ball five times, Dad. This should have been number six. Should have been at least six times for for twenty six or twenty seven yards and a touchdown, but instead. You make stupid plays like this. You win stupid prizes. You can't make stupid plays like this. So, the protection wasn't that great at all. We had Odogo guarding the left side. Really, I, I really honestly want the Cowboys to draft a left tackle. We can't trust Tyron Smith anymore. If you're taking a day off every other Wednesday, every Wednesday, Thursday, it's not going to work out. We it's not going to work out, Tyron. And I'm not saying just retire. I'm saying, I'm saying, you have to. These guys have to be ready. Your replacement Adoga has played that position in practice. He should have been ready to defend that left side. Do you know how many people were going to that left side in Miami? Bradley Chubb dominated that because he got two sacks. Andrew Van Ginkle dominated that side. Whoever they put on that side dominated. So in this case, whenever you, your number is called upon, you have to be ready to accept the challenge. Period. I don't care if you're a rookie. I don't care if this is your 10th year in the league. You have to be ready. This is, a, this is crucial. We got to protect it. That's why I always said the left side of the line, it, it, it is the best, it, not the best position in football, but it is the weakest position in football. And high end defenders get to that side and they get to, and they get to your quarterback more often than not. But that play calling was off. The whole entire thing, Dak, Dak didn't know what to do to the point where your right receiver was going up to Mike McCartney and asking him, I'm pretty sure he was asking him, why am I not getting the ball? Which I will explain that on my next point. So, this is not Dak's fault. He, he again, y'all need to stop blaming Dak. For every loss that we, we maneuver, for every play that he makes, for every interception that he has thrown, y'all need to stop. Unless, unless, unless you're under two minutes remaining, you're driving the ball down the field, and he throws a pick. 
Yes, I will blame Dak for that. But if well, I actually, you know what? Brock Purdy threw four, threw four interceptions last night. Brock Purdy threw 40, four interceptions last night. Is San Francisco blaming their quarterback? And are they blaming their quarterback? Hell yes, they're blaming their quarterback. Because you threw four interceptions, you put the team, uh, you put the defense in no man's territory. You're saying, okay, you're going to beat us. You're saying that, um, that you were giving up the game. You're giving the Ravens a chance. In good position, in good field, goal, field position to score points, which they did. So, not only is San Francisco blaming Brock for this game, the Dak will get more heat than Brock Purdy. That's a different conversation for that for a different day. But let's get to Tua. Tua said some interesting things to the point where he played he he played his best. It wasn't great. He threw a touchdown pass. He threw for 37 times. 24 was 24 was completed and for 293 yards. Uh, he was sacked once. He didn't ask for much. And honestly, he improved. He improved. I saw a lot of improvement from him from last season. He wasn't taking as much hits because he was protected well. Uh, I disagree with the passing inference. The pass, not the passing inference, but the roughing the passer call of Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons has been held a lot, and these officials will not will not to tear to that. They will not listen to that. And I will tell Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons, on your podcast today, or whenever that may be, you have to understand that you cannot blame the officials for the game or else the NFL will go for your pockets. So, they're in the playoffs because of, because of his leadership. I love how Tua has taken over his the, the leadership in the locker room and, and curing out the outside noise. So, number two, CeeDee Lamb's leadership. Now, CeeDee Lamb, at some point, needs to show some leadership. We have given you the ball 10 times a game. Six receptions for 118 yards and a touchdown. They even try to run it for you, CeeDee. They even try to put you in the backfield, and they say, you know what? We need to get CeeDee involved. We're going to treat CeeDee like a Debo. We're going to treat CeeDee like a... a, a not, not even Odell. We're going to treat CD like a Debo. We're going to treat CD like a Christian McCaffrey. Okay? Those guys are multi-talented for a reason. You you play the position well. You're, you're it's very talented at receiver. These guys that are... Mike McCartney's drawing on some stupid plays of putting CD Lamb in the back for just to give him a touch. Like, what the... F- Mike McCartney, at some point... You have at some point, CD Lamb's a receiver. This is why you don't know your personnel, Mike. You don't know your personnel now. You don't even know who's on your team. Who is on your team, Mike McCartney? The court. You know one position in Dak Prescott. I mean, you know you probably know Michael Parsons because everybody talks about him in the room and in the national media. But you don't know your personnel. It goes back to the conversation we I had was Gabe from last season. We, but I said they don't know their personnel. 
They don't know the person they don't see. Why? Why in the hell is my of my multi-million dollar wide receiver lining up the backfield, even though he's been blanking it, just to give him a touch? He balled out in the first half. He went up the scene for 75 yards. Was it? No, it was 50. My bad. It was 50 yards. Let's play the clip, please, of CeeDee Lamb going up the field for 50 yards. Let's play that clip, please. So how much does McCarthy want to rely on that in these early downs? Second down, up up before Ken. It's stride. Rude to run. He's down inside the 20. Makes the move. CeeDee Lamb is going to score. So, that's what Cowboys fans and myself want CeeDee Lamb to do, okay? You are a wide receiver. You see how you caught that crossing pattern for a 50-yard touchdown? You saw how you did that? Magnificent. We need more of that. We need more of that. Now, let's play a clip from your press conference, please, which, which I have some choice words for you. Let's play that clip, please. Always want to come up with a win. Um, obviously, in those tough games, tough situations, but uh, learn a lot in these type of games, and I know that we're going to bounce back. Uh, this narrative around us not winning at home away is uh, my fault. Strange, but true, unfortunately. But uh, we know what we got to do. We got to continue to be great, continue to be who we are, and change that narrative coming down the stretch. They wasn't doing anything. Um, I don't know. I just feel like uh, if I'm going to be involved, just keep me involved and let the game do what he got to do. But, uh, yeah, I agree. It was weird the second and third quarter. Very weird. Um, it proves who we are, man. We, we are definitely a team that's ready for those type of moments, those type of games, the big games. Um, no one doubt that one bit. We have great playmakers in all levels of the game, you know, and um, I trust them boys with my life, so uh, for us to come up short is very unfortunate for us, we know we got to go back to the drawing board, but man, we got to come up with these type of games, that's just what it is. We gotta live with it. Um, the things that we put out in this season, um, we gotta own it, you know. And um, I'm not, I'm not opposed. I wouldn't say I'm opposed to it because obviously, the, once again, the things that we've done away haven't been nearly what we've accomplished at home. But it, it really don't matter where we play. You know, we gotta be able to overcome all adversity, no matter hostile environment or not. Um, Cowboys travel well, so pretty much every away game is a home game. You know, shout out to the fans for that. But we gotta do, what we gotta do on the field. I feel like we are the team that we want to be. It's just we can't have any missed opportunities. Okay, so anyways, <clears throat> that's CD Lamb right there. Um, courtesy of YouTube, by the way. Um, so you're right, but let me say this. You were targeted 10 times for six. Okay, you caught the ball six times. Okay. 
We have tried everything we can to get you the ball. Okay? Yes, Miami wasn't physical enough in the secondary. Yes, unfortunately, they weren't. However, however, though, the, your quarterback needs to get you the ball. Your quarterback needs to need, read the line of scrimmage and say, you know what? We can, we can, we can attack this part of the field. We can attack that part of the field. Your play, your coach needs to make adjustments, and Mike McCartney has not done has done has not made adjustments for CD Lamb. Anytime somebody's locking him up. In this case, Miami did not lock him up. So what did he do? My, he, he ignores Mike McCartney. I'm oh, sorry, he ignores CD Lamb. Mike McCartney does. That's your playmaker, Mike. You didn't ignore Donald Driver and uh the other receivers at Green in Green Bay. You didn't ignore Amari Cooper. He went for 266 in Cleveland on Sunday. So, you gotta cater to CeeDee Lamb's strengths. Stop make, put him in the backfield just to give him a touch. Put him on the field. Run some go routes. Go across the field. The, the, make these, make the secondary work. Number three, the defense came back. However, Jason Sanders hit five field goals, okay? They were driving the ball. They had 91 yards rushing as a team. Um, Parse, um, my question is, why do they play man-to-man? That's my question. Why is Dallas a heavy man-to-man team? Why can't you scheme it up with zone? Why can't you cover up? Well, why can't you do a cover two? Do you think you get beat that way? Do you think of Jalen Waddle was this injured ass and Tyreek Hill? He was hurt as well. Gonna beat you down the field. They weren't. Those two guys were both beaten up. They were not going to beat you down the field. You can go zone. You can do all those things. And Micah, let's play a clip from Micah, please. So that was the roughing the passer penalty that Micah had. I don't agree with it. Football has really changed, guys. When I was watching, that was legal. And you're telling me that we can't even touch the quarterback. You're telling me we can't go up to the quarterback and hit him. I'm not saying hit him in the face. I'm not saying hit him helmet to helmet. I'm saying... Hit him. I'm, I'm saying push him a little bit. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that. That's football. That is football. But that's a stupid penalty, which they, which actually they scored a touchdown before the half on that. But instead, you could have been either off the field because I'm pretty sure Miami was going for it, or. Or you could have had a turnover. So in this case, 
instead of being a nine to seven game, this this was a thirteen to seven game at the half. So there was no so momentum shifted to Miami side because they scored a touchdown before the half. So how does Micah fix it? You don't fix it, Micah. You don't fix it. You just play. You just keep playing. You know, other these these officials are different. They're different. They're not going to. Some officials may call a roughing the passer when the quarterback has let it go completely, or they may call it to the point where where it they'll they'll probably call it to the point where it doesn't matter as much. So, with that being said, I just don't think Micah should argue over that and bitch about it. We can't do that, Micah. We 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 need you on the field. You need we need you on the field. Keep doing what you're doing. Number four, fans' frustration. Now, are we? We're entitled. We're we're not real. Some people are, are are some people are not. I'm real. I'm part of those realness people. Uh, honest, yes. I'm honest. I try to be, but I'm honest. Uh, number four, how to be positive after a crucial loss. You can't, because that's that that's the difference between the division title and momentum built for the playoffs. It's different. So when you win the division. Okay. Yeah, you took number one off the board. Yes, you won the NFC East. Yes, but you gotta, you gotta be able to win the last few games to get yourself ready for the postseason. In this case, we're not ready at all, and I'll explain in a second. So, how to be crucial over a loss? A crucial loss, right? Let me bring sport. I'm, 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 I don't want to re- bring real life to it, but let's bring. Let's talk about football. Okay, so your football team, right? The Dallas Cowboys had a chance to get to win an NFC East title. Not only have that, but rest your starters. Rest the likes of Dak, Tank, Micah, uh, CD. Brandon Cooks, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Tyron, uh, Ty, Ty, uh, Tyler Smith, Tyler Biotis, uh, Ty, Terrence Hill, rest for the playoffs. You don't get that. You don't get that rest. Now you got to play that, play the games just to build momentum for the play, playoffs. What if you get hurt this way? What if you get hurt um, the next game? God forbid if you get hurt. But I don't think you'll get hurt. How to be positive? There isn't any. There's no positivity. There's none. Players who are competitive keep this in their soul forever. Ask all the all the Hall of Famers. Ask all the guys that have done it, have played the basketball professionally. God forbid, Kobe Bryant. God rest his soul. 
didn't want to, wasn't satisfied with winning a game. He was, he, he'll be the most pissed off dude in America if they lose, if the Lakers lost a game. And to this day, we got some dudes running around. They get blown out by 30 points. There's not a care in the world. I, for one, here care. If I know that my team out there is getting beaten by 30 points, or if if I'm if or if if I'm not performing my duties, or if Angelo does not perform his duties by putting the board up together and putting this whole entire student to together, th- there's no positive outcome. They have to do their job. Mine as well. I gotta do my job by giving y'all watching the film and giving y'all intensive content. He has to do his job by uh, by going through the, the, the board up and telling me what to do. He has to do that. Sammy as well. Keeping the building open, keeping the lights on. If they lose, they're not going to lay down and say, hey, oh yeah, oh happy day, we got this tomorrow. No, they're gonna keep working until they get it right. That's why he's here, that's why Angelo's here, and that's why Sammy's here. That's why I'm here. See, I haven't slept. I haven't slept since 3 a.m. I've been up. Yes, I've been up. You know why? Because I've been fixing this thing to get ready for this. I take pride in what I do. Y'all young ones should do it too. And let's play a clip from this woman that called in, had the audacity to to everybody in the call is pissed off. At this Cowboys loss. And this woman said, oh, happy day. I'm going to criticize her in a second. Let's let's play that clip, please. Fortunate that that happened, but it was the right call. Who do you who do you think the most penalized cowboy player is? Ooh, I think it might be Tyler Smith. It's Tyler Smith. You're absolutely right. Do we all hate Tyler Smith? No. I mean, do we? Do we? I mean, I, I, I'm just. I but mean, but granted, you you mentioned the selecting of players. We knew Tyler Smith. Tyler he was Smith the very was the most pen- penalized he, player. He, that's in exactly right. When they took that's him. exactly right. Yeah. But see, that's what I'm saying. You, you know, you, you kind of go. You, you go in knowing yeah. that there's a potential back. I think we all love Tyler Smith. Yeah. But he is the most penalized Dallas Cowboy. He's got 10 calls this At, year. Great point. Nine of them holding. I'm with you. Yeah. Absolutely. 877-881-1053. Let's go to uh, Yvonne in OKC. What's going on? Happy Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to you guys. Thank you. First of all, I've listened to this show forever. Um, I'm a Cowboys fan. I've been around for every Super Bowl. I'm really upset at this radio station. Every show is negative. Whether we win, lose, or draw, it's negative. I saw just what you guys saw. The offensive line on the left-hand side was horrible. Terrence Steele didn't play well. 
um, Mike McCarthy got out skiing, got out coached for the first, the second, and third quarter. But we saw exactly what you guys saw. But this station, to represent the Dallas Cowboys as the, the Dallas Cowboy radio station, you guys are too negative. Ma'am, ma'am, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? You not you want us to just homer this thing up the whole time? Brian, I'm not asking you to homer anything. What I'm saying as a person listening, you're negative. Well then I'm sorry. That gets no love from this station, whether he wins or he doesn't. I I disagree. You you don't you don't listen all the time then. You do not listen all the time. I do listen all the time. You do not because Eleven hours a day, so ma'am, it's like ma'am, yes, sir. ma'am. The, the thing about it is, I think the station has been fair when it comes to criticism of this football team. Well, then I don't agree with you either, ma'am. I really okay, don't. That's fine. I'm not here to argue with. I'm, just I'm not. No, I'm. But no, shows, I'm just. That's what I'm doing. No, no. You, you, no. You came towards us and you say that we're negative all the time. I don't think there's there's listeners to the station that are that like if you sit there and homer it up all the time it's like well, wait a minute what are you doing here why why are you doing in that i think we've been fair with this i really do well, i think that we've been fair overall with with how this team when this team finds ways to win when this team finds ways to lose yeah ivana i i appreciate the call i mean i will say i was definitely campaigning for Dak to be the mvp when he was going on a five-week run I've gotten in arguments with other people at our station. I've been called a homer before. I mean, there's definitely people, and and you probably aren't alone in thinking that, but you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't sometimes when you're in this profession because there's times where I think uh, after wins, especially when Dak's played well, I know for a fact I've definitely given Dak his praise on our post-game show. I think we have given Dak his credit. We just talked about the tight window throws and uh, the play that he made earlier where he's about to get sacked. He's in the grasp, and somehow I don't know how he how he got the ball off. But when this organization, the standard is championships, is it not? You're going almost 30 years, 30 years, without sniffing a Super Bowl. I'm not going to blow smoke up your ass I agree. and tell you that it's okay. Yeah, because it's totally, not. I totally agree. It's not. Yeah. And Yvonne, honestly, the reason why it is okay is because you want us to kiss their asses when they're losing. Yeah. And you keep buying tickets, and you keep buying merchandise, and money's still being printed, so it's okay. And until that changes, which it never will, you're not going to see the results that you want to see. So I'm sorry if we're being negative, but it's not acceptable for the Dallas Cowboys, the Dallas Cowboys, to go almost 30 years without an NFC championship berth, and that's what you're looking at. That's the truth. You shouldn't be mad at us. You should be mad at that football team. That's who you should be mad at. Yeah, it's tough. But, you know. So, shout out to those guys. Courage of 105.3 The Fan. So, let me, let me say this about about Cowboys fans like, well, fake Cowboys fans like Ivana. Okay? Why why do you why do you even care? You sound like a person that you just started watching football. You sound one of those people that that one of those people that oh well you know let me let me see all the what all the hype is. Let's see what's all what's all the juices about that. Let's see all about the juices about Micah. 
Because that's the only media thing that they only talk about. Micah and Dak, Mike McCarty. Those three guys there get the most criticized ever. Now, Ivana, you can sit at home and still support the team. But on this show and other people's shows, we're always going to be real and negative about the Cowboys. You have lost a crucial game. A game that you needed to win. You needed to win at Buffalo last week, but obviously the results weren't the results. You you needed to beat the, the Cardinals, but obviously, you know, that's that that didn't come to fruition. <clears throat> you could have beat the Eagles the, the first time. So what silver line do you want to see? To me, there isn't any. We have no momentum heading into the postseason. We're about to face a team that is going to whoop our asses, and then another team that is not, that even though they're not playing for nothing. But I'm gonna explain that others because he might he might have to hear this. But Ivana, you are so wrong. You are so wrong in so many ways. You want to sit there and kiss Dak's ass when the quarterback has refused to set responsibility. You you want to sit us sit there and have a running back not 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 run for a thousand yards. You you want you want us to kiss Ceedee Lamb's ass. Ceedee Lamb is complaining for the ball. Even though we have given him many opportunities to get the ball, he, he, sometimes he doesn't even want to fight for the fucking ball. We have an offensive line that is hurt. You're giving your left tackle Wednesday the Thursdays off. Zach Martin's playing on, on a bum ankle. Tyron, um, sorry, Terrence Steele has in and out games. Ty Biotis is Ty Biotis. And Ty Smith is the most penalized quarterback, I'm uh, sorry, penalized left guard in the game ever. We're kissing Michael Parsons' ass. Michael Parsons wants to blame Stephen A. and others for the Cowboys' downfalls. And then we, we don't have no middle linebacker. Tank Tank does his fake-ass pump-up video after beating the four weakest teams in the league, including the Eagles. And then we have a so-so secondary. Our kicker has been productive. And then you got... Dumbass Jerry be on the fucking radio every single week, giving us false hope. Giving, they're asking him stupid fo- football questions. Jerry is even will not never come on this show because first of all, we will ask those que- We will ask the questions about business. We won't ask the questions about football questions. We ask business questions. What are you doing in in Frisco to enhance the Cowboys? What are you doing in Arlington that are enhancing sponsors? To sponsor this team. This team's going to continue to get sponsors. And get natural notoriety. They're going to get that. In Frisco too. That's what the Cowboys are built on. And you got motherfuckers like Steven Smith. And and, and Angelo. And others. Continue to laugh at us. Every year is something. Every year we can never get over that hump. Of getting to an NFC title game. I'm not talking about the Super Bowl. I'm talking about a title game. The Chiefs have done it. 
You know what? It amazes me. I've been watching a lot of football this weekend. And it amazes me how structured they are. Even though Pittsburgh is going through their issues right now, they are structured. They can fix it in a heartbeat. Get the Kansas City Chiefs, they can fix that shit in a heartbeat. Cleveland, they can fix it. The Eagles, as annoying as they are, fixable. Yes. The Giants, yes. It takes one play to fix a whole entire organization. Just one. In this case, you give the Cowboys numerous chances to fix an organization. To have loot losses like this. To have Jerry say some stupid ass shit every single week. To have Steven say the same damn thing. This thing is going down, down. This thing is going down fast. Fast. It's almost like they don't care. It's almost like, okay, we can build a new we can new a new restaurant inside Cowboys said we could charge people twenty dollars for a, a, a monster health dog. We can charge five dollars for drinks. Which in this case, you're crazy. You're crazy. We get up the tickets to uh to three hundred dollars a game. Okay? We get up those tickets and I saw something. I think I saw the Panthers charging their fans $8 to get into the stadium. I think it was the other day. I, oh, yeah, I was against the Falcons because they're, they're no longer in, in playoff hey, contention. this is Pastor Eric Jones. And this is Pastor Barbara Jones. So, with that being said, Saturday. I'm like, <laughs> if the Cowboys were to do that, do you know how many fans will go, will, will go crazy? I think it'll be a dogfight. And I don't think Jerry will do that because he'll lose his business, right? The, the, the type of business, the type of money that you give to these lame-ass performers to perform at your stadium every Thanksgiving is the amount of money that you could you could spend on players like that, uh, like uh, Micah, like CD, like Dak, like others to stay on this football team to build a championship. Right now, this is not a championship franchise. It's not. It's the Dallas Cowboys. We're iconic. We're iconic franchise. We're not there championship-wise. We are never going to be there. As long as Jerry and Steven are alive, well, not much of them dead or anything. They're going to control 110% of this team and the moves they make. You could have gone for Derrick Henry in Tennessee. Okay, great. You could have gone for um, Kevin Byer in Tennessee. Okay, fine. You need another safety? Fine. You could have gone for Darius Slayer. You have to sell him. Now, you have to put up a fight. Darius Leonard, when you when you met with him, wasn't much of a fight. It was just a meet and greet. The same treatment you gave to Odell is the same treatment you gave to Darius Leonard. That's why we went to the Eagles. Because the Eagles said, we have something here. We may be on a slide right now, but we have something here that can, we can build up for the future. The Eagles are not going to win a championship this year, but they are building up for another run at it again, season after season after season. They're structured. And that's the worst case scenario, Ivana. If you want to see Eagles, 
host a trophy. You want to see the the Giants host a trophy one day. Even the Commanders in twenty in twenty thirty host a championship trophy one day. Be my guest. But we'll still be here going to the postseason every year, and you'll see the results. You'll see the results. Now my final take. Dallas twenty, Miami twenty two. Um, the Eagles. I saw. I looked at the Eagles. Speaking of the Eagles, I looked at them. They won their game thirty three to twenty five over the Giants. Even though the Giants put up a fight, they replaced Dan DeVito. That 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 story was over. And I told y'all. I said this is Jeremy Lin of New York. Remember Jeremy Lin from 11, 10, 11 years ago. Where is he at now? Now, Danny DeVito, I'm not saying Danny DeVito will, will have the same career as Jeremy Lin. I'm saying that, um, I'm saying that Danny DeVito needed to sit down for a bit. He was struggling a lot. So, Ty, Ty, Tyron Taylor came in. He almost led the Cowboys to come back. Maybe a pass interference on the last possession. But, but these guys are playing for their jobs. You got the Lions and the Commanders. And let me tell you about the Commanders and the Giants real quick. And Angelo needs to hear this because we had a conversation about the Commanders. You're playing for your job next year. Sam Howell's playing for his job next year. Ron Rivera is playing for his job next year. He wants to coach his football team, which he should not coach his football team. You fire your defensive corner and also your defensive bass coach. There's a problem with you. <laughs> There's a problem with you. Okay. You could easily beat the Cowboys. You could play spoiler, how but is it worth getting the top ten pick in the draft? Is it worth it if one player <laughs> look at Bryce Young at Carolina? Is it worth it? So you could tank, be my guess. However, you remember you can be replaced next year. This is the National Football League. It's not like the NBA. You have a spot on a two-way contract, or you can be like you can have a high-end contract and still be on the team. This is the NFL. You can get replaced anytime by injury or by lack of play. It happens to Sam Howell. How does Joe Jacoby Brissett get replaced by Sam Howell against the Jets and nearly won the game? Nearly. Guys are playing for their jobs next year. At this point, fine. I will want you all to fight for your jobs next year. I want Sam Howell to be the quarterback next year. If I'm the commanders, I want y'all to run the ball more next season. I don't know what it will take, but I want y'all to hire the right coach. Because I do believe Ron Barrera will be fired. Hire a coach that cares. Hire a co an energized coach. You see all the young ones running around like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, others, uh, DeMarco, uh, D'Amico Ryans in Houston. You see that atmosphere over there? Look at that atmosphere in Houston. Everybody's showing out. You want that atmosphere in, in Commanders, right? You want that. Hire a coach that cares. So in this case, if he wins two more games, he's still going to be the coach. Hands down. <laughs> but it's not time to rest the starters. Believe it or not. 
But you know what? Maybe maybe you beat the Lions. Maybe you beat the Lions, and then you rest you rest Dak and others. But here we go again. If you get to that conversation again against the Commanders. Dak will be advocating to play. Oh, we want to play for pride. Oh, we want to play to fix this. Like Dak, you can fix all that shit in practice. Why do you need to play in the game to fix, uh, 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 fix your running, to fix the play calling? Why don't you fix that in practice? That's what practice is for, right? Why you got to do it in the game? I know game speed is different than practice speed, but why you got? Why, but why you got to risk it? Take the rest. Get to the playoff game. And be ready for Tampa or whoever wins the NFC South. But in this case, you may face the Eagles again. Going on the path of where you're going right now, you may face the Eagles again in the first round. So, uh, Mike McCartney, is his seat hot? It's not hot. Because Mike McCartney is a regular season. Is, is a, he wins in the regular season but loses in the playoffs. Okay, we y'all want to continue to blame Dak and blame Micah and blame these players? Yeah, y'all should really take a look at, my, at Mike McCartney. Really take a look at him and see if he's going to coach past twenty twenty five. Yes, past twenty twenty five. Let's see what happens next season and then the following season. And then you know, if we have the same results but no championship tied to that. It's time to make a move. And I'm not saying and I'll be very surprised if he if he if he make if Jerry makes that move in the offseason. Because that's his guy. But let's go to college football first. Because I am going this is my my take on it. So college football preview. That preview will be January the 1st. That's New Year's Day. The reason why we're doing it right now is because we'll be, is because we are about six days away from playing that game, that playoff game, the controversial playoff game. We got Michigan and Alabama first. And here's what you need to watch for. The one thing that you need to watch for. But first, let me read off some things. Michigan, they average 37 points a game. Defensively, they're giving up only nine, only 10 points a game. They, they have sat the quarterback 33 times, so that's, that's pretty good. Um, however, 14 players have transferred out of their program, including their week one starter of last season, which was Kate McInerney. He started majority of 2022, then J.J. McCartney took over. He, he goes to Iowa. So he's transferring to Iowa now. But you have nine incoming. Now, they played the victim card. Jim Harbaugh was suspended for three games. And Sharon, Sherrod Moore took over for those three games. And Sherrod Moore, the reason why he did not get noticed by these other college football programs is because... You have to uh, is because the reason why he didn't get noticed is because you gotta own it. The way you said this is Jim Harbaugh's team, yeah, you're right. But 
when you're taking on an interim bro, I don't care if the coach is suspended or or whatnot, or he's fired, you gotta own it. These coaches, these college football programs, they want you to own the program. That's why they, that's why you didn't get any opportunities. Your name was listed, but the reason why you didn't get any opportunities is because you didn't own it. The players, I'm pretty sure they didn't want you to own it. Or yourself didn't want you to own it. But when you have that opportunity, own it. It's like being... I hate to I hate to say in a relationship, but you got but you gotta own it. Like like the candy, I'm gonna buy it, but I, I own it now. Tablet, I own it because I purchased it. I own it. In Michigan, I own this job. I want to make sure that I got this. Maybe Jim Harbaugh was preparing you for you for bigger opportunities out there. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. But I do think, Sherrod, you will get a coaching job one day. But today is not the day. You got to own that shit, bro. You got to own it. But to win, focus. Don't focus on, don't focus on what happened in the past. Okay, when January first hits, even though it's still the 2023 season, you gotta put the past away. It's like garbage. You throw it away. You never see it again. It gets written. Or it gets. It gets put in the fire. It's completely gone. So whatever happened to Jim Harbaugh it, uh, during the season, when he got suspended, you gotta put that in the past. Jim Harbaugh is your coach. Everybody's okay. Focus. Focus against Alabama because it's not the results that you wanted. You wanted Georgia. You wanted Florida State. You, first of all, you, I, I don't think you could have beaten Florida State. I don't think you'll beat Alabama. Even though ESPN says you could beat ESPN, has you at 57% chance to beat Alabama. I'm like, Alabama's wrong with their, wrong with their uh, numbers. Alabama could beat Michigan. As long as you have Nick Saban there, Alabama can beat Michigan. All right, so let's get to Alabama. Speaking of Alabama, let's get to them right now. So Alabama has the transfers. Uh, this was usual. This is unusual to me. You go from one sport to another sport, but you don't stay with that sport. You're still uncertain for football. So why... So this guy, Tyler Buckner, he played two games. He started this he started he came he started the South Florida game. He won the South Florida game. He won it only 17-3. So it wasn't the best Alabama game possible. But he started and now he's transferring to go to Notre Dame to play lacrosse. And I'm like, you know, I know a lot of people told me about lacrosse. I never played the sport. I watched it a little bit. And I said, like, this is something I cannot get interested in. Um, why you transferred to Notre Dame to play lacrosse, I have no idea. But that's up to you. You want to play lacrosse, go ahead. But I don't even really talk about it because I don't know anything about it. 
And when people ask me, hey, you should talk about hockey, you should talk about lacrosse, I know nothing about hockey. I don't care for it. I don't care about hockey. I don't care for lacrosse. I care about football, basketball, and baseball. Those are sports. Lacrosse is a sport as well as hockey. But I don't really talk about that. You got to go in depth in the rules of lacrosse and hockey. And honestly, I don't have time for that. But anyways, six players transferred. Weird. How you transfer out of the Hall of Fame coach. I don't know. I don't know how you transfer. Uh, 23 players committed for next season. So, so a, bit, a bit of an upgrade from Nick Saban. And Nick Saban will have his guys ready. Um, Milro will be back for next season. So, I think he's chasing his Heisman trophy. Or, better yet, he's trying to improve on some things. He really needs to improve on the accuracy. I do think he needs to improve on the accuracy and make sure that that accuracy is upright, up, upright and everything. But that that's why he came back to give himself another chance. Um, moral victory. You got to set more victories. Uh, Nick Saban, you got if you beat Alabama, let's say 35, 28. OK, you got to accept it. It's a big game. You you put Michigan out. I'm not saying that's a score. I'm saying, I'm saying you put Michigan out of the playoffs again. And that tells me Michigan's not ready for this. Michigan's a regular season team, but they're not ready for the big time. They're not ready for the SEC play. They're not ready at all. They'd rather face Florida State. But they average 35 points a game, Alabama does. And then give up 18 points a game, which little bit of a, of a down year for on defense for Nick Saban, but however, these teams are getting a little faster and a little stronger. They're scheming up Nick Saban really good. 38 sacks as the team they had, which is low as well. Uh, they won the SEC champ. Forgot to mention the Big Big Ten Michigan won that as well. Uh, so to win, you got to be resilient. You got to make a mark on the program. So, so that's for Jalen Murrow. I want him to make a mark for the program. You've been out, Jalen Murrow. You've been out of, in and out of the starting lineup for for possibly the first half of the season, and now you own that. That's that's your job to lose if you play like that again. It gives you time to work with the receivers in all season to work with Nick Saban, get more endorsements. Which like the instant, like I'm, like the NCAA is going the NIL money is going to help a lot. You'll get more endorsements when you, if you win a championship, you're gonna, you're gonna get noticed. You're gonna get more endorsements. You're gonna do get everything. So with that being said, you gotta make, you gotta be resilient, make a mark on this program. Let me get to my uh, Washington, Texas kick because I like the fact that when I was watching Washington play against Oregon, I said, Texas can beat them. So like I said, Texas, 11-1, their final season in the Big 12. They're going to the SEC, guys. And yeah, I haven't heard my podcast about how 
Texas measured up in the SEC, y'all should definitely listen. I think I did it last year. Yeah, I did it last year somehow. How they measured up against the SEC. Uh, Washington's going to have a problem moving Trevante Sweat around. He's 362 pounds. Just imagine moving a Hummer around. A full-size car. Just imagine moving a 362-pound man around. He ain't going to win. And then Quinn Earls. Can he keep it up? He threw 21 times for 60. For, he threw 21 touchdowns and 6 interceptions. So that's pretty good stats. And 300, sorry, 3,061 yards passing for the year. So I'm glad he's coming back. Because uh, that influenced the decision of Malik Murphy. So Malik Murphy is not coming back. He transferred to Duke for the, all for the right reasons. You know, he had to do it because, you know, Arch Manning is right there. He could stay there. He could allow Arch Manning to either transfer or be the number three quarterback again. But he moves up because of Malik Murphy. Malik Murphy won an opportunity to play somewhere. He started two games and he performed pretty well. It's just that it's just that Quinn Arrows, it it this is his team. He owns this. This is his team. He worked with the receiver. He took the time out of his schedule, worked with receivers, worked with Sark. Pretty sure you worked with Sark too and the receivers as well. He took the time to improve his game. So this is his team. So Malik Murphy made the smart decision of going to Duke. Even though we will never hear his name again. We will never hear his name again unless Duke is relevant. So if Duke wins only three to four games next season, we will never hear from him. Period. But when Carrera struggles, you'll ask for Arch Manning. And Arch Manning is not ready. He is not ready. Give him the summer to be on college full-time. Because you got to remember, these guys that enroll early, they're not in college full-time. They're only in college for four months. And then the offseason program hits. And then they're not even featured until the last game of the year. But their defense, their defense, no, not their defense, their offense, they, they're putting up 36 points a game. And defending, only 18 points a game that they've given up, which is good. That is like, that's, that's 12th in the Big 12. That's first in the Big 12, sorry. That's first in the Big 12. Uh, 32 sacks, so a lot of sacks. Expect that. Um, is Xavier Worthy? I saw him in crutches. Uh, that was around the championship game. So I don't think he's playing. I'm not. Hey, listen. If you if you're on crutches for for about, for one week, but you come out and play January the first, that's crazy to me. You're still lingering that injury, that foot injury, um, in Xavier. So if I'm you, it's a game type of decision. But nonetheless, uh, the running game will be the difference for Texas. So let's see who they got there. CJ Baxter, Savion Red, uh, John the Brooks. You know, so sad that he went down with an injury. 
I'm pretty sure he won, he won this moment here because he's the he is the main cow of the backs. He won this, and now you can't give it to him. Now it's like you have to. Um, now it's like you have to sit down and watch and be all emotional and say, "Hey, that could have been me running the football." But all it is just be a great teammate. And the number one thing I'm looking for is is a, is a perfect game. That means no turnovers. Wide receiver gets what they want. They have three of them. Plus a tight end. I'm adding the wide receiver tight because he's built like a tight end, but they put him they put him everywhere. Now I'm talking about Tavion Sanders. They put him everywhere. Uh, and also you gotta have you gotta have turnovers on your side. You gotta force you gotta not only force two force two sacks, you gotta be able to force an interception. Michael Penix can throw one though. He can throw a couple, a couple or maybe three interceptions at y'all. But I do think that if he throws for two plus interceptions and he is sacked twice to three times or more, Texas wins this game. And I wholeheartedly say Texas wins this game 84% of the time. I don't care about ESPN's numbers. ESPN's numbers are way off. They put Washington in there because of because it's Washington. They wanted a Pac-12 team there, so they wanted each representative from each conference to go there. Unfortunately, Florida State is not there. So Washington, obviously, this is our last day before to go go to break. Washington went 13-0. Their final season in the in the Pac-12. So I have a question for the Pac-12. If y'all are disappearing. If y'all are disappearing, are y'all going to sh- keep? Are, y- are y'all going to disappear? The KO Packers out of half with y'all too. I have like seven Pac-12 channels. I think that would be gone as well. I think I think I own. I answered my own question. I think that would be gone as well. Uh, what emotion does Michael Penix show? So Michael Penix is an emotional dude. He's going to show a lot of it. A lot of it in this game. And the only emotion I want to see is him not holding that trophy. He didn't hold the Heisman. I'm pretty sure he would hold many Pac-12 trophies, but I don't want him holding this one. You got to keep them in front of them. Keep watching in front of you. So, so they got they got a lot of slow and fast possession, so they can hit you both ways. They had an easy Pac-12 schedule. You can add a USC to Oregon to the mix, but those guys were were, were cupcakes and in, in, in the making. Uh, they got players that you should watch out for, but first, offensively, they average 38 points a game, but they give up 24 points a game. So that's key. So they're focusing on defensive stops. So if they get a stop, they may win the game. If not, then the game rolls on and they got to rely on a fourth quarter style with under two minutes left, which I don't think Washington can do. Oregon was moving the ball until they ran out of the clock. They went for an offside play instead of kicking it off. You had timeouts. You could have kicked it. You could have kicked it and did a touchback. You could have done that. Instead, that's not what you did. So the players that you show up, not only Penix, you gotta watch out for the running back, Dylan Johnson. He's he's rushed for a thousand hundred a 
1,013 yards and four touchdowns. You got to watch, watch for the receiver, Rome Aduzzi. Wherever they put him out there, they should have a cornerback or somebody traveling with him at all times. Like I said, they only had 19 sacks. That was last in the Pac-12 as a team. And the one team that prevails on the victory, attention to the detail. I know Mike, attention to detail is the one prevails to victory. I know Mike, Mike, uh, Michael Penix is going to show a lot of emotions in this game, but if Texas gets Quinn Ayers going and doesn't become the Quinn Ayers of 2022, Texas has a chance. Like I said, for me, it's 84% because I watched Washington. I was very disappointed with well. Even though they beat Oregon, I was very disappointed how they played. They're not, they, they haven't had a taste of physicality, which Texas has. And I don't think Washington can match that. So, this is a Texas game to lose. Then again, you face with Alabama, and then that'll be the result. But we will watch all these games, guys, and I will dive in into that matchup next week. But first, coming up next, it's not it. Coming up next, we're, let's talk about the, let's talk about some college basketball in the NBA. We're talking about college basketball on the UNT side, and also some NBA stuff that I um, that I found yesterday on the Christmas schedule. So let's play that clip of Stephen A. making fun of us again, please. Before we go to break, I just want to I just want Cowboys fans to know what we're dealing with. Let's play that clip, please. And so I'm offering this simple phrase to kids from 1 to 92. Although it's been said many times, many ways to all you cowboy fans. Didn't I tell you? <laughs> oh my goodness! Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Y'all have arrived just in time. Right when I'm about to open my Christmas presents. You never let me down. <laughs> Merry Christmas, y'all. <laughs> so that's your last. So, Cowboys fans, we have, we have, we had to shut him up. We have to shut him up. Detroit and Washington, shut him up. But that's all my football taste, guys. Coming up next, let's dive into some basketball. It's Fishbowl Radio's Beyond the Game.
your pistol. Let him know, girl. I see. Girl, you are trying to be my wifey. I'm eating that pussy like it's ice cream. Bet you ain't met a girl like me. From me, they stabbed me. They used my couch when they needed the therapy. Took what they needed, but never took care of me. They saw a dollar sign, treat me like currency. Kill out they hopes and dreams if they won't murder me.
pull up, wish they would have if he ain't my slime He a booger, I ain't gon' joke him, I'ma cook him Sunshine on me, Devin Booker, them niggas with you They just look cause they ain't finna shoot I'ma swoosh him, your bitch think I'm cute I'm a jugger, she trackin' me sugar I'm a musher, big feelin' nigga, build big feelin' nigga Smoke big feelin' nigga, we too loud to ignore nigga This nigga get jiggy with niggas, don't make me wanna smit me a nigga I just told him, I don't you want in my side hoe I will push you out, you must think you lotto I'm all you got, ho, you know I'm the guy ho The god of the sun and the light like Apollo Pray for my enemies, thought I need clarity They ain't got empathy from me, they stare me They use my couch when they needed the therapy Took what they needed, but never took care of me They saw a dollar sign, treat me like currency Kill all they hopes and dreams if they won't murder me I slide off a gummy, I heard I got money, but still just some bummy I'm sweeter than honey, I'm sweeter than rapping Like what the fuck happened, came back and he snapping Came back with a passion, these niggas was capping They talking on me, hmm. I bought a nine when that COVID hit She said my Gucci don't go with it Just trying to be happy, get money to model My girl hit the lotto, my sons are mulatto My sons are all healthy, and shit you can tell me I'm hotter than Nelly, they say that I'm smelly And never smell wealthy, I think Y'all got messed like a sink you not in the ring Pray for my enemies, thought I need clarity They ain't got empathy for me, they stare me They use my couch when they needed the therapy Took what they needed but never took care of me They saw a dollar sign, treat me like currency Kill all their hopes and dreams if they won't murder me Sunshine on me, sunshine on me As you let the sunshine on me Sunshine on me, as you let the sunshine on me Sunshine on me, as you let the sunshine on me Yeah, yeah Bitch, I'm the golden child Kick you out if she ever, ever knew About all the you tell me that you do Dirty, dirty boy You know everyone is talking on the scene I hear them whispering about the places that you've been And how you don't know how to keep your business Drop the attic Give me love, give me Fendi, my Balenciaga Daddy, you gon' need to bag it up Cause I'm spending on Rodeo You can wish me bag it up I'll be gone in the AM He got me Prada, get me Mew Mew like Rihanna He always call me cause I never cause no drama And when you want it, baby, I know I got you covered And when you need it, baby, just jump another
was talking about basketball on the side. So before I get to my NBA Christmas Day special that I that I tease about again, I will talk about college basketball. But maybe on a different podcast, I'll go full details about it because really, I'm really trying to see. The, I'm really trying to see how each team in conference play develops. I will have a podcast on that soon. But for now, I have UNT. Because I went to that school. I could do Texas. Like I said, Texas men's, Texas women's. I can watch that. TCU men's, TCU women's. I can also do, as a teaser, I could do UTA men's. Possibly the women's. SMU men's, women's. That's basically it. So I could do those on request. But Texas, Texas and UNT I will do maybe I'll throw out TCU in there as well so I'll do those teams now here's what you need to know about the women's team at UNT so now your first conference game comes on Saturday we need to address some things you played your final non-conference game last Thursday you lost to Montana State 71 to 58. Demetrius Lampkin had 18 points. Desiree Woods had a 14 off the bench. Um, number one, there was no flow offensively. So when I watched it, there was no flow offensively. You gotta have flow running your offense. North Texas is not. A a well-constructed offensive team. Even though they put up 117 points, you're playing against a lesser opponent. I'm sorry. Of course, you're going to score a lot of faster points off turnovers. Of course, right? You're going to do that, right? There's no flow on offense. Number two, there's no outside shooting. This team has continued to struggle from uh, from beyond the arc. FBI from beyond not even beyond the arc you're talking about 20 feet away that's inside the line you're struggling from that I saw a lady not a lady what, what, what's her name Shemaya Duncan airball a 10 foot jump shot in Montana I'm like this kid can't really, can't really shoot jump shots and I'm like you need jump shots to win the game you need jump shots. You don't need layups because you know why? Well, you actually, you do need layups. Teams will take away your drives and they will force you to your hand to shoot jump shots. In this case, it's not consistent. It's not consistent. I can pull up. I can do a stat right now. I can pull up a stat and see the percentage of shots from three that you have made well actually yeah you made this for this season I pull up that stat but I'm not going to because I I'm, I, I don't have to <laughs> I could have um, so there's no outside shooting uh, number three man to man um, I, I was yelling at my laptop yesterday because I you know I said the game's on ESPN plus uh, I was yelling at my last time. Not only the announcers were poor, but the defense was. You allowed Montana State to drive inside. You allowed them 
to go inside. You allow them to penetrate inside to kick to their wide open shooters. You're allowing that. Stop allowing that. Like play man to man. You're playing. You played the zone. You had you you pressured backcourt. They were able to get it over easily, and then, then you drop into a two three or three two defense. They're penetrating your defense. It's almost like you have no defense. You have to close. You have to change it up, Jason. This game was your fault, and I can honestly say it was your fault. You did not address the the the, the, the defense. You allowed these the, these fools to go inside your zone to get penetration after penetration after penetration to post up inside. That's another thing. You didn't even tip to throw uh, to throw a man to man defense. You gotta do it. When the zone is not working, you gotta go to man. Period. <clears throat> and let's see how you communicate off that. Yeah, I said. Oh, another thing is, take your timeouts wisely. Your timeouts are irrelevant. You call a timeout because your player was down on the floor with the ball in her hand. That's not how you play. That's not how you call timeout. That's not how you control the uh, that you control control your team. When they make a run, you call a timeout to adjust to calm everybody down. See, this is why I should be coaching. But these motherfuckers will not hire me because you know why? Because we will do everything the right way. We'll win championships. This is not. You can go. T you can go ten and two. That's great. That's great. But you gotta do it the right way. And the right way is you gotta call timeouts when your team is getting outplayed by a lesser team. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. We literally embarrass ourselves in Montana. Literally. This team has no idea. The fans in Montana have no idea who we are. They're like, who are we playing against? Oh, yeah, they're 10 and 1. They haven't played against anyone. They haven't. The only elite team that you played against was Texas AM, and they killed y'all. But now, well, actually, you know, yeah, I can add Texas AM. I can also add Southern Illinois. Now, that's a real team. However, you can't play against teams like uh, 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 what's the other one? I can't remember the other. Uh, up north, North Dakota, South Dakota. You can't play against those teams. You can't play against HBCUs, even though, yeah, you could, you could, but you could, but the competition has to be there, right? The competition has to be there. Montez, I feel like Montez did not give y'all a fair fight. They beat y'all at their place. No matter what the altitude, altitude is, they beat y'all. Jason did not make any adjustments. 
you know when a coach make, doesn't make adjustments because you, you know when you see the same damn defense in the second half that has not worked. It didn't work in the first half because they got a bunch of three pointers off. They made they made everything, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, oh, I'm going man. And in the later part of the third and the fourth quarter, what are we doing here? The game was already won. It was close, but it was already won. I want you to take your coaching seriously. Take your coaching seriously. This will not fly in America. I'm sorry. This will not fly. It won't. It will not fly. You're telling me you'll go 10 and 1. 10-1 in that conference playing like that you must be out of your damn mind and y'all are the favorites they put y'all 12 for a reason now you can prove people wrong and say you can move up to midway and say hey you remember remember we y'all had us at 12 but now we're fifth or sixth or even the third spot. Dude, that's one of the teams. And that's one of the things. You're in 12th. That's it. So I expect you to go out there and conference play. Take it, take it real serious. All right. Number two, UNT basketball on the men's side. So they obviously beat UTA 78 to 52. Now this team had a brutal, brutal, brutal road trip you're telling me you go from Boise State you go to New York you go to Mississippi those are brutal road trips three straight losses on the road you had no flow on offense you had no defense the defense was was non-existent in those games if you talk about defense on the North Texas side it was non-existent one well actually Jason Edwards scored 26 points off the bench so that's your offense right there they're always going to have one or maybe two guys scoring the basketball so let me read this stat so number one North Texas is three for 24 three-point range in the second half that's the that's the that she said it, uh, during the game they have missed 18 straight threes in the second half and I'm like this team this team, if they don't get their act together offensively, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. It's going to be a major problem. Um, you held UTA to 30, 30% in the entire game. So that's so, that, so that's good. You, you held them. That's pretty good. Number three, 23 points came off their 14 turnovers. So they turned the ball over 14 times. 23 points came off those turnovers. Or else it would have been a different outcome if, if UTA would have taken care of the ball. This was about, like I said, it's a basketball game after three straight losses. You remember you went from Boise, Boise State to, not Boise, yeah, Boise, Idaho to New York and, that, and to Mississippi. Those are brutal road trips. You had to take probably two, two to three plane plane rides to get to New York, to get from Boise to to uh, New York. It's crazy enough, but it, how it keeps the team together, though. 
So you gotta insert physical dominance at some point. Okay, that's my last point. Uh, even though you're playing against a lesser opponent and losing an uh, LSU Shreveport, I think that is a Division Two opponent. I'm not sure Division One, Division Two, whatever the case may be. You gotta assert your physical dominance because an upset, an upset could happen. I'm not saying upset for this game, but I'm saying like it prepares you to get ready for conference play. Now, you gotta, even though you're gonna beat this team by 50 points, so let's be honest, right? Those are my takes. My takes on North Texas play over the last week or so. So now let's dive into some NBA stuff. And before we talk about some NBA stuff, let's dive into some Steve Curry. Now Steve Curry last night was complaining about the officiating. So let's get to Steve Curry, please. Big a factor was the way he was yeah. that today. Yeah, I have no no problem with um, the officials themselves. Um, they're all across the league. We have really good officials. I have a problem with the way we're we are um, legislating defense out of the game. That's what we're doing in the NBA. The way we're teaching the officials, we're just enabling players to BS their way to the foul line. Um, if I were a fan, I wouldn't have wanted to watch the second half of that game. It was disgusting. It was just, you know, just baiting baiting refs into calls, but the refs have to make those calls because that's how they're taught. So I have a real problem with the way we are. Um, we've legislated defense out of the game in this league, and uh, the players are really smart in this league and for for over the last decade or so uh they've gotten smarter and smarter and they're just um they're just enable we have enabled the players and they are taking full advantage and it's a parade to the free throw line and it's disgusting to watch thanks okay so anyways uh <laughs> steve kerr talking about the officiating um like Steve I don't think he'll get fined for this he shouldn't get a fine for this I don't because he's speaking the honest truth the honest truth is the honest truth is is that Steve is that the officials need to be better how does Jokic get 18 free throws maybe it's drawing fouls and all that stuff maybe so but But to his point, what defense are your 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 what defense do you need to construct? No one plays defense in the NBA anymore. No one. No one plays defense anymore. Whenever you when did you ever see a team put up a defensive stat? Never. Never. You never seen that. And so to me, to me, I want to see defense. I want to see defense. I want to see a complete defensive team. I want to see a complete defensive effort. I see a lot of players today not not go back to the defensive basics. 
I seen it yesterday. I think the real reason why I no, actually, I did see it yesterday. The only reason why they play defense is because they're not playing defense all four quarters. They're playing defense half of the quarters. If you're talking about if it's a non-holiday game, you're you're playing defense. You're not playing defense all four quarters. You're you're giving the other team a chance, and it, and it depends who you have on your bench, who is the defensive coordinator, who instructs that defense. Now Steve Kerr, it's not, not Steve Kerr. Steph Curry, to his credit, took two charges last night, which to me that is incredible. But. When are we ever going to take these hold these officials accountable for their actions? When are we going to do that? I don't know. I I've been really heavy on the officials, really heavy on them. I I feel like some officials are good, some of them are not good for the game, but I feel like I feel like that. Um, these officials these officials need to work on on you know need to get constructive feedback from players to see what needs to change and I'm pretty sure if you had a poll right if you had a poll or well do a survey even of how many players want to see this from every official I'm pretty sure the numbers will go up I'm pretty sure the first player that 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 put his hat in the ring is LeBron. Even though LeBron is built like LeBron's built like a monster, LeBron won that. And I'm like, LeBron, you you are a monster, bro. Like I saw the Boston Celtics when you went up full speed, they are not going to take a charge against you. They have instructed their players whenever LeBron goes full speed, you're not taking a charge against the greatest of all time. You're not doing that. Well, you may, well, some people will. Maybe one other person. I don't know that one other person is. I don't know who would take that charge against LeBron. LeBron will pass it off before before he runs over you. Not sure why he does that, but. It is what it is. But Steve Kerr, you have a point, but the, the NBA is not going to fix this. They're not going to fix this. Come on now, you should know this. What do you what it, what what does he want me to, what what does he want them to do? Do you want them to uh, do you want them to cater to to certain players, certain individuals? They're not going to do that. Live with it. Number four, Celtics versus Lakers. I'm tired of kind. Uh, you know, the Celtics beat the Lakers one twenty six and one fifteen. Now Boston has been on on, on scoring tantrum lately. They have average. No, I can't remember that. I think they average over one hundred thirty points a game. That's against the Clippers, the Kings, and the Lakers. Boston can really score the basketball, guys. They can really defend it too, if they want to. But I'm tired of the Lakers 
and Kendrick Perkins saying we need a third star. What other third star is out there that wants to play for the Lakers? What other third star? You're telling me that uh, Rob Linka and others did all that work in offseason, all that work in offseason, but except that in that work, it said that um, in offseason, they did all that work in offseason, right? All that work in the offseason. They went from we needed we needed a point guard. We needed a shooting guard. We needed a small forward. We needed size. They did all that work, but you got the likes of Kendrick Perkins and other Lakers uh former Lakers players say we need a third star. What other third stars out there? You're not going to get a third star. Period. That's too much. You're asking for a lot. You're asking for a lot. I'm. You're not going to get a third star to come on this basketball team. You're not doing that game. I'm sorry. You're not doing that at all. That doesn't make any sense. You got to play with what you have. Look at the Lakers are loaded. They loaded with talent. You got Austin Reese who signed his contract. If you if you want a third star, you might have to trade him to get that third star, and eventually it will not work out. Because we know this, we know a third star will never work out in the NBA. Ask the Brooklyn Nets. You might want to ask Phoenix as well, because Phoenix is going through it right now. Bradley Bill has not played a complete game. Again, it goes to it, it, it goes to playing with what you have. If LeBron or AD or Darvin Ham came out and said, we need a third star on this basketball team, then then it won't work out. It will not work out if they came out and said that. It won't work out, bro. <laughs> Let's stop kidding ourselves. Do you know the type of personality that Cam Reddish, Gabe Vincent, um, Jackson Hayes, Torian Prince, D'Angelo Russell would throw, Austin Reeves even? You're telling me you want that one star over those guys? Those guys have done a great job for y'all. Without those guys, y'all probably 500. Y'all be a 500 basketball team, which pretty much you will. Pretty much you are. But nonetheless, it'll be a lot worse. I'm sorry, under 500 team. My bad, under 500 team. You'll be not like the Spurs or the Nets. Not even the Spurs. You might you might be in the mid pack. So, with that being said, I don't like the fact that Kendrick Perkins says we need a third star. You don't need one because there isn't one in the league. There's stars, but there's not one that can play on the Lakers. And he and he's got to fit in the he's got to fit where the Lakers are running. All right, I had a clip, but my board up is not here, so. Um, we're going to play our final. Let's talk about our final thing. Uh, Mavericks versus Suns. 
the Mavericks won this game 128 to 114 last night. Okay, Doncic had 50, 15, reba- 15 assists and six rebounds. He hit 10K. Now I wanted to make it a point that Beth Mallon's moment. Beth Mallon's, Beth Mallon's played uh, not played Beth not Beth Mallon's. Beth Mallon's. Beth Mullins, I'm sorry. Beth Mullins called the game along with Stephanie White. Now, Beth Mullins said Luca is 25 years old. Okay? He's about to be 26 in February, uh, Beth. He's hit 10K at 26. That's per- That's awesome. The amount of work and effort that he's done to his game is incredible and it's unmatched for the Mavericks organization. But man, it's, it's unbelievable. But look, but before we get to the Mumba and the late and the LeBron stuff, I want to. I can't play that clip. Okay. Well, maybe we'll play that clip some other time, guys. But nonetheless, that's it for today, guys. Thank you for listening or watching Beyond the Game podcast. We'll be back in the new year, hopefully with, um, hopefully with uh, some college football stuff, and hopefully with uh, with better things on the horizon. All right, guys. Thank you for listening, and watching in 2023. Happy New Year to all, and and you've been listening to Beyond the Game podcast on Fishbowl Radio. Hey world, this is Jamie, host of the Jamie and Genty Show, broadcasting live each week on Tuesday at 12 p.m. from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to hear sports talk from basketball to football and view your feedback on the biggest sports news you want to talk about from around the world. So be sure to log on each week Tuesdays at 12 p.m. to catch the Jamie and Genty Show. Hope to see you soon on Fishbowl Radio Network. Jump in.